0: Welcome to another episode of Called Bank Sports. It's been a while since we've done one together. Uh, holidays <laughs> got in the way. I got sick, so it's, Dale it's is nice back to from back. health
1: and safety protocols. <laughs> um, had to take a few weeks off for that, but we've got him back, you know. And um, thankfully, the Jazz got Rudy Gobert and Rudy Gay back too. But sorry, okay. I, I totally just interrupted I, you there. Keep going. <laughs> no,
0: I was worried that Rudy Gobert was going to be out for like <laughs> another two weeks. Like it was just going to linger, but he's back the jazz they've as as any jazz fan knows right now like it it feels like we're in free fall like the sky's falling it's it's the end of the world it's only been a four game losing streak those (laughs) haven't been fun games to lose we probably should have won at least a couple of those still but uh when everyone's out that's what kind of happens the jazz are now in fourth the grizzlies have moved up to third they went on a crazy streak and so I, the NBA is kind of exciting right now. It's just not a super exciting time to be a Jazz fan. Hopefully, we can be positive about the future.
1: No, I totally agree with you. I mean, it sucks. Like I, the loss to you know to to Toronto was expected, but the Jazz totally put all their chips in um, for the Pacers and still ended up losing a game to what's just a not good team in the East. Like there's some talent there, but you should have won it you can, if anyone wants to punish themselves, they can go watch my Detroit um, post game (laughs) because that loss was just pathetic. I I mean, it was just, it's kind of, it kind of epitomizes that there are reasons to be frustrated um, as a jazz fan right now and reasons to be really concerned. And I mean, the Cleveland loss totally expected, but Rudy Gobert even came out and said like, look, we're definitely not the best team in the West. Golden State and Phoenix are so much better than us right now. And we need to turn this around. So at least there's some acknowledgement there and the jazz need to be able to take some steps forward and just start playing better. It's, <laughs> and I mean, obviously that's, I mean, that's how you win a championship, you know, just play better. Like what, what more coaching do you need? Just, just play better. So no, um, that, that's a really reductive take, but, what what do you think the Jazz need to improve? What are you kind of looking at, Dale, when it comes to getting back on the track?
0: Um, <clears throat> I wasn't fo- like if you watch if if for anyone who watched my post game uh, after the Cavs game, I I probably mentioned it too many times. but I haven't been following <laughs> this this fall off very closely. I was just kind of out of it. I took a week off of life, um, <laughs> and but then I came back for the Cavs game, watched that. So that's kind of what I'm. Uh, other than the final scores, that's the only thing that I, the only game that I really dug deeper into. And what I was seeing is, um, the the Jazz—they don't know how to play small ball, both defensively and offensively, which is yeah. something that we've been wanting to see, and it kind of now makes sense while we haven't been seeing it. Uh, they, like, it, it's not just that players were out because they could have won some of these games. They were seeing, even though they were way undersized, like they weren't moving the ball on offense. The offense was get the ball to Donovan or get the ball to Jordan Clarkson, and hopefully they can score. There were a couple moments where they're moving it, but like they weren't really had no flow on offense. There was no order. They were just like, let's just get to the end of this game and and hopefully we get Rudy back. And then on defense, they had some moments, but it it really made like we talked about it in the last playoffs how the jazz the perimeter defense really needs to improve. We we the clippers kind of exposed that. And it was ex- exposed again without Rudy Gobert there. It it makes the defense you realize that's how big of a difference Rudy Gobert can make. And it, it brings up an interesting question that I'd I'd love to have this conversation. Most people who aren't jazz fans looking from the outside in, they they say Donovan Mitchell's by far the best player on the jazz. I'm curious. Do you think Donovan Mitchell is the best player in the Jazz, or do you think Rudy Gobert is the best player in the Jazz? And I know that gets into the conversation of how do you define best? Yeah, like best versus greatest. What what do you want out of that? But I think it's an interesting conversation to have, and I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts.
1: I, I think, and that's actually where I wanted to get with this. I think it shows that by far Rudy Gobert is the most valuable player on this team. Um, like that the Jazz need him that you can't just throw Donovan out there and expect him to be able to you know score enough to take um, to you know balance out what Gobert is able to do on the defensive end and obviously it's a one-two punch like the Jazz need Rudy Gobert to do multiple things on the offense and defensive end and because of that Donovan Mitchell is so successful and is able to go out and put up good numbers and to be able to be to be able, um, I mean, one of the best shooting guards in the NBA, um, in the West, like, he is amazing. And by no means am I trying to take away from Donovan Mitchell at all. But again, we saw when the Jazz didn't have Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley last year, they were still able to win games. When And obviously the Jazz are missing more players right now, but when the Jazz don't have Rudy Gobert, they're not able to win games. And that does have mm-hmm. to do with, you know, Last year, it felt like they had a lot more of an identity. They got a win streak going and they kept they kept winning and they kept saying, okay, this is what we do. We pass the ball. We get open threes. We run this blender style and they would revert back to it. When this year, it feels like they're reverting back more to ISO ball, which just has led to multiple losses um, this season. And I think that that's a big negative there. So I feel like a lack of identity has hurt the Jazz. But to just answer your question, I don't want to say best player, even though I do think Gobert is the best, better player out of the two. It, since it's hard to compare, like, you know, Rudy Gobert is an orange and Donovan Mitchell is an apple. I mean, they're both great fruits and you need them to succeed. But I, can't, I don't want to say who's better, but definitely right now Gobert is more valuable to this team.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting like defense will always be underrated in the NBA uh, yeah people it's it's much more fun to watch someone score 40 that get three blocks and 12 rebounds um but so but everyone knows how great Rudy is on the defensive end I think him being out is making people realize he's he can't he's like he's not the best offensive player he can't create for himself it's not like his post moves are amazing but how he fits it, he's a He's like gear that makes the offense work. His pick and roll game is super valuable. Him being in the dunker spot really opens up a lot of other stuff for the offense. And so, and then with Donovan Mitchell, he is one of the most talented scorers in the NBA, especially at how undersized he is. Imagine if he had like, if he was six foot seven, people would be like, he would be a top three player in the NBA, I would imagine. Well, What he's doing at his height is incredible, but the Jazz have other scorers. Like, uh, we have a lot of people on the roster who can put the ball in the basket. Not as good as Mitchell, but if he's out, there's subs for that. I don't know if there's, there may be a handful of players in the entire NBA that could sub in for what Rudy's doing for the Jazz, and that's what makes it tough when he's out.
1: Well, and you did talk about offensively, and I think we need to acknowledge this is Rudy Gobert's best offensive season of his career. He's averaging, I think, just under 15 points a game. Like, that's big. The fact that he's now a scoring threat, the fact that he's now a most nights shooting a lot better from the line is really big for Utah just because that opens up the three-point shot a lot more when people are collapsing in on Rudy. And that's what's always happened, and that's why he's so valuable offensively, even if it's not he's valuable offensively because he's putting up 26 a game. He, he, the reason that he means so much to the jazz on that end is because you can't just leave, you know, a seven footer who can almost touch the rim, you know, when he's flat on his heels with his arms in the air, open in the paint, like a dunk is pretty much a hundred percent shot. So he, he's dangerous, even if he's not necessarily elite when it comes off, when it comes to the offensive end of the court.
0: And, I saw this a little bit from Rudy Gobert in years past. I'm, I feel like it's more, maybe this is just me noticing it more. Yeah. But when he dunks, he he's like going for a poster. He's trying to, like, he, he tries to inject energy into the crowd and into his team when he dunks, which is something that is impossible to measure. But people love it. And every time he gets a dunk like that, like, I, it helps. Like, when you see your teammate get an awesome dunk, You're going to play with a little bit more energy, a little bit more hustle. Um, So that's something that is impossible to measure. I don't know if it makes next to no impact or a large impact for a few plays. I don't know, but it's, at least for the fans, it's fun to watch. It makes you realize that even though he's not getting 25 points a game, the points that he's getting are (laughs) really exciting.
1: Well, I think the player it impacts the most, I mean, is Rudy Gobert. Like he's so much more energized on the defensive end whenever he's doing well on the offensive end and is able to get that opportunity down there. And also you don't necessarily have to worry about the wear and tear that dunking causes when for Rudy go there, because, you know, he jumps, you know, six inches up in the air and comes down like, you know, two inches where Donovan Mitchell skies in for a dunk and is coming down, you know, two whole feet. Coming 12 feet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, it's just a bonkers difference, but I, I do think that the Jazz are going to um see a big improvement with Gobert coming back. Um and obviously, um, the next couple of games the Jazz have against the Nuggets, that's gonna be a big deal to have Gobert back to be able to guard Jokic. Lakers is always a big game here in Utah, um, regardless of who they have. And hopefully the Jazz are able to pick up that win. It is not a good Lakers team. I would hate to lose that game. But it's and then you get a bit, a couple lols lulls um, against the Rockets and the Pistons. You know, fingers crossed, a lull against the Piston, please. Please, please just – throwing my mic, I'm so upset. Um, please just beat the Pistons before an absolute gauntlet with a game against Golden State, two games against Phoenix, and the Grizzlies. Like, we're going to find out who the Jazz are. And I definitely do think, that, like Gobert said – Um, that we found out that they're not quite good enough yet. But hey, there's a reason why it's an 82-game season. If they were the best they're ever going to be right now, that would be more concerning to me. So hopefully they can turn things around and get ready for the playoffs here, you know, in a few months.
0: Yeah, and, and you hear players talk about this a lot, where they want to be playing their best basketball like 10 games before the playoffs and then just maintain that through the playoffs. Yeah. And so... A lot of times, fans want to see their team start off hot and just be amazing the whole season. But players come in thinking, like, "Okay, here's how we're starting. Let's make like here. Here's where we are. Here's where we need to be. Let's make here's the schedule when we need to get there." So, yeah, I think it's okay to see some drops, especially when uh, your most valuable player is out for a stretch, and it's only been four games. I know it hurts because you dropped in the standings, but. The Jazz will come. They'll bounce right back. They'll probably get a small winning streak going, and then hopefully they can make it through the gauntlet, not unscathed, but uh, with with more wins than losses, and that would be huge for them.
1: Yeah. Well, I also think that there's a fair argument that you know this year you're going to look at the top eight teams in the West who make it to the playoffs, and every team is just going to be terrifying. Like you have Memphis, who's going to make it. Phoenix, Golden State, Utah. Looks like Kawhi Leonard's coming back this year. Um, didn't expect that, but you're going to have a full strength Clippers team. You're gonna have the Mavs who like I, I don't think <laughs> They're anyone a wild wants card to at this point. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants to play Luca in the playoffs, like regardless of who you think they have. I mean, Luca's a beast. Never want to count out LeBron, you know? Like it's it's gonna be crazy. I, I think I got to seven teams there, and I'm you you're gonna look at oh in Denver. Who's gonna get Jamal Murray back? You you're probably not gonna get Porter Jr. back, but Jamal Murray and um Nikola Jokic, like there's a reason Jazz fans don't like that combination. <laughs> Backs to the bubble, but it this is going to be an even crazier West than last year, assuming teams are healthy, since the Lakers not being healthy and the um Nuggets not being healthy last season, and then the Jazz and Clippers both um, you know, losing players definitely hurt the playoffs and if teams are healthy this is going to be the deepest the west has ever been
0: and it will like it will be fun to watch because like the warriors had a dynasty for a while they're playing really good but they're not playing as good as their unbeatable teams yeah so we're like they'll be a tough matchup for any team in the playoffs and but and they should play some great basketball and those will be fun games to watch but it's another wide open year. Uh it, any team can make it like uh no I don't think people like people who follow the game I don't think they'll be shocked if the Grizzlies make it to the NBA finals and make it through the west. Same thing with the Jazz and obviously the Suns and um Warriors are right there. Denver gets healthy, they they get on a streak. No like they've been a great team for it so it's like and obviously, you said you can't count out LeBron James. I feel like I'm just naming off teams, just like you were doing. <laughs> but it's like it's it's wide open. It's and that's what we want to see out of the NBA. I'm hoping because for a long time it was okay. LeBron's coming out of the East, and okay, Steph's coming out of the West, and then yeah. you had you had some slight variations in that. But for a long time, that's what it was, and it was kind of boring. It was just like. The NBA was fun because you got to watch Steph break records and LeBron well, James be LeBron James. And now we're going to see teams, young, t- up and coming teams like the Grizzlies or the Jazz. I don't know if they're up and coming. The Jazz are up and coming, but the Grizzlies are make a splash in the playoffs and kind of show who they are.
1: And you talk about those, you know, Cleveland-Golden State matchups during the same time as the Alabama-Clemson um, matchups in <laughs> college football playoffs. So literally no parity at all during those few years. But got a lot of parity now, and I, I'm i excited to see where it goes. I do have one last question before we wrap up. We um, didn't do a lot of prep for this, so it's just going to be pretty basic. If you had to guess, D- Dale, that the Jazz are going to trade a rotation player Um before the deadline, would you go yes or no on that? What what are your thoughts and what's your prediction? And does this losing streak, you know, influence that at all?
0: Um, no, I don't think that losing streak will influence it at all. I think the whole organization the whole organization will see it as, well, Rudy was out. Obviously, it's going to be rough. Yeah. Um, and it's not like they had a ton of prep to prep for Rudy being out. Um I do think there's a chance. That they trade a rotation player. I think it's under 10% though. So I would say they probably well. don't. Um, like, I don't know. I, I feel like teams around the league don't value the jazz rotation players as much as the value that they're bringing to the jazz. So no, I don't think, I the, think the jazz are fair. against it, but I think they're looking around and saying, "We're we're not going to get a net positive trade with anyone. So let's keep everyone where they are. And, I would agree with that unless there's a superstar who just falls off, says he wants to come (laughs) to the Jazz, and the Jazz can get him for dirt cheap. Then I don't – unless something like crazy like that happens, I don't think you want to be trading anyone.
1: Well, and with where the Jazz are in the tax, like I I don't even think there's a way to pull off getting someone for dirt cheap because – if I mean unless it's a really young superstar on their rookie deal – like, you have to match contracts, right? The um, one thing I heard, and I don't even know the roster well enough to know if there's someone I'd want off this team. But with Dame being out for a bit, um, I, I've heard speculation that the Blazers are just going to sell, just keep Dame out for the season, just sell and try to just get a completely different team around him. I'm not sure if there's someone I'd want off the Blazers. But, I, like, that's I would like speculation.
0: Robert Covington. I don't know what his salary is, though, so I don't know how realistic that is. I think he'd be an awesome fit with the Jazz.
1: Yeah, and the thing is with Robert Covington, if I remember, is he's someone that people claim to be a three and D guy, but then if you look at his three point shooting, he's um a D guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I could be wrong. I could be mixing him up with he, someone. He's like, not. He's not
0: Steph, and he's not Clay. Yeah, he'll have good games and he'll have bad games. It's
1: it, it's almost more yeah. like Royce O'Neal vibes. Maybe not that bad, but like you, you, he's gonna need to be streaking and it it'll it, it'll be interesting to see. I I am leaning towards there not being a trade, but I do know the Jazz are looking for a wing defender, and I do think they need a wing defender since like I don't think small ball is the solution to the Jazz's problems because Rudy Gobert can guard on the perimeter. The problem is the fact that nobody else can guard on the perimeter, and if Gobert's out on the perimeter, then you don't have a secondary rim defender like you have to stop your guy and stay between him. And the Jazz weren't able to do that against the Clippers. And because of that, Gobert got pulled in, ball got kicked out, and the ball kept going in that game. So it, it'll be interesting. I'm excited for the next little bit, excited for the All-Star break coming up, you know, to see where the Jazz are going into Go, that. Vote and for, for everyone,
0: Jazz players.
1: Vote for Jazz players. I, I need to do a better job of that. I'm just so... <laughs> I hate this All-Star situation the all-star fan vote and I get that the all-star break is for the fans I but you know it it is what it is thank you everyone for watching we really appreciate it um hope you guys have a great weekend and go jazz